Coming up next, not much of anything, actually. Sorry, folks, this episode's going to be pretty short. What happened was, I, I should say, this is the booketing that you're listening to, a short sort of a bonus episode today as opposed to a full episode. My name is Nathan Albertson, your humble and obedient host, Agent Provocateur. Over there, we've got Pastor Jacob Mensel, Pastor who's Master of Reading, and we've got Brandon Chastine, the scholar who's a baller of reading. How are hey. you guys doing? Good, how are you? I'm doing fine. So basically, what what happened is we recorded an entire episode of Fahrenheit 451, the movie, the HBO movie. And the entire reason we read that silly book was because we were excited about this movie. We read the book. We were surprised, perhaps, to enjoy the book. Yep. And then the movie came along, and we watched it, and we recorded an episode about it. And then that episode had technical issues and was consigned to the scrap heap of history, and you'll never hear it. Yeah. We do not have the space in our schedule to go back and record a whole episode. True or false? True. True. So... It was our most efficient recording yet. Yeah, too. it was a very efficient recording. Because you guys had to get out. Yeah. <laughs> we, had, we had business to attend to. It turns out, though, this might be a blessing in disguise because there's actually not that much to say about the HBO movie. We, we, we did get an hour out of it, but it was basically us just repeating ourselves saying, it sucks. We should tell people why we were so excited about an HBO movie. Yes. That we didn't have access to, we were going to have to do trial subscriptions to yes. in the first place. Why were we excited about the HBO film of uh, Fahrenheit 451 that uh, we were going to have to do trial subscriptions in order to access? After taking the time to read the book. After taking the time to read the book. Excited enough about this movie, we read the book, we took out trial subscriptions for HBO. Uh, it's because it's, it was starring Michael Shannon and Michael B. Jordan. Yep. Mm-hmm. We like those guys. Yeah, both of them are on hot streaks right now, or they were until this Fahrenheit 451. And so it seemed like yep. HBO was, uh, they got Michael B. Jordan and they got Michael Shannon. They were making a big push for this movie. Big prestige project. It yep. premiered, I believe, at Cannes or Cannes Film Festival, and which is, you know, the film festival if you're not aware. Yeah, so, I mean, that's exciting stuff. Yeah, so we, yeah. we decided to watch it and we ascertained the fact that it did not contain a bunch of HBO-ish nonsense. And so we were excited to watch it. But? But, Brandon. It watched like a Lifetime movie. It was crummy. It was terrible. It was really bad. It felt stitched together. Mm-hmm. Felt poorly shot. Felt yeah. cheap. That, that's, I it kept, felt very cheap. I don't think we, did we say that last night? But it mm-hmm. felt cheap. It you felt, like, it it felt like they ran it. out of money. It felt like they ran out of money or they never finished the script. It felt like something went wrong. What I said last night is I would love to know the story of how this film was made because it felt like there was something that happened either in production or post production that just made it so they couldn't actually realize their vision because it's really hard to believe that this, this what we saw, was anyone's best case scenario. Yeah. I mean, this of, is HBO. Of this movie, yeah. They produce amazing, high-quality stuff. Yeah. Our biggest concern going in was that there would be a bunch of stuff we couldn't watch. Nudity and stuff, yeah. Yeah, but pretty that, difficult for them. Because that's usually what HBO has, and then but they tempt you by having... The best actors, it, yeah, the best writers, the best... in an amazing storytelling yeah. and all that stuff, but mm-hmm. this was just bad. Yeah. Didn't have any nudity. Didn't have the HBO nudity. Also didn't have the HBO... Uh, storytelling quality yeah, control. The, the, the screenwriting was just bad. Yeah. They changed a lot of the best stuff in the book. It really felt like, I mean, I, I just said this two seconds ago and I said it like four or five times yesterday, but it really just felt like they must have run out of money or something. Like it, it felt like well, it was, and- you were watching excerpts from a longer, better movie and you were only seeing certain scenes and they all kind of maybe worked and uh, taken on their own as a scene, but then None of it made emotional sense. You didn't understand why a character was going from A to B. There's just like missing chunks. 
there are a couple of things that really sort of illustrate this for me, and that's that there was a, at least one scene in the movie where I was almost convinced that they just reused the footage from an earlier scene. Yeah, like it just this, felt cheap. Yeah, yeah it, you know, it looked like they had a couple of sets. Like the firemen are running out to get into the fire yeah, truck. Yeah, that, well, that one, yeah. It was The firemen are running out to get in, into the truck, and it's, let's go, let's go. You know, it's this, like, classic 90s primetime TV. Mm-hmm. Let's go. This is why we do this. The bad guys are on the move. Let's go. This is why we burn. This is why we burn. Go, go, go. Right. Rah, rah. If they didn't reuse the same footage, they reused a different take Mm-hmm, of right. the same footage. And that's what it felt like. There are like a couple of camera shots and a couple of different scenes and they just like plowed through the three or four different locations. It felt like they had maybe four or five sets to work with. Yeah. The outs- the outer outside stuff was really limited. Mostly you were like either in one room in the fire department or really whatever you dark. call it. And- you maybe had one establishing shot of a house mm-hmm. or a building. And then some stock footage of a cityscape that they could put some Blade they Runner always, special yeah, effects over. But it was always the same always bouncing to and from and that. You think it was Bradbury's estate commissioned this to make the book look better? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. That's It's over too as I far as adaptations. It makes the book look... I mean... <laughs> it just doesn't have anything to do with the book, really. I mean, it's... Yeah, it's different. It, so they tried to politicize it too. Mm-hmm. Or I felt like... They were trying to politicize it. They were trying to make you think of Trump's America. They didn't even the really do a good job of that. But yeah, they didn't do a good job of it. It just felt cheap and silly and poorly done. The rebels. So at the end, you have the rebels mm-hmm. who are supposed to be the good guys. Yeah, but they all feel paper thin. Yeah, we don't get yeah. to spend and any time with any of them. Or there's a really silly thing that happens with you. Them trying to make you think, oh, maybe they're bad, but then they're actually. There's no depth of character to any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. We like uh, we were t- we talked a lot about Children of Men. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A movie that does the same thing that this movie is trying to do very well. And also apparently and completely ditches P.D. James' novel, just like this ditched yeah, Bradbury. But, but still, in that case, to great effect. Yeah, so the rebellion in that book is, they're people, so they're both good and bad. Right. But in this movie, it's just, if they're going to go that direction, then they need to just do it completely, like The Lord yeah. of the Rings. Yeah, it's really simplistic, but, the way they wrote this movie, and really hackneyed. There's a part where... He's falling in love, of all things, with the the beautiful young resistance fighter lady, and they're in an apartment by themselves as the world crumbles around them. She pulls out what? A harmonica. A harmonica. The only thing that would have been worse, as I said last night in the last episode, would have been a music box that she wound up that played a little thing while a ballerina or a horse or something twirled around. That would have been more yeah. cliched. But second only to that in the hackneyed cliche pile is a harmonica. She put on her Bob Dylan wig. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Um, and then we got to talk about the bird. We cannot let the bird go unmentioned by us, even in this condensed review of the... Jake, tell us all about the bird. The bird that the film gave us. Yeah, so I I guess maybe the first thing you need to know is that this is uh, a modern adaptation, so they've modernized or futurized actually everything. But Jake, Um, it's uh, Bradbury was writing about the future. Whatever do you mean? Bradbury was writing about a retro future that can't possibly be the future. He was writing about the future through the eyes of someone that was writing in the 1950s. Yeah, so he had his mechanical hounds and all kinds of things that just... And so this is a... If Bradbury were writing today, what would the future blah, blah, blah. Mm. So this is like Blade Runner was a reference that somebody made throughout there earlier. It's kind of like that. Yeah, it felt like Diet Blade Runner. Um, Diet Blade Runner. So here's the thing. 
what do they call what are the resist eels the resistance they're called eels did the we e- ever find out why they were called eels by the no, way no i uh, i don't know they're called they're called eels for no discernible reason they have a MacGuffin. Uh, yeah and it's called the omni omnis or omnis or yeah the like, omnis yeah so they figured out how coward <laughs> they, they figured out how to write all of the history and knowledge of humanity all of the books onto a single gene or strand of dna or not just all the books all the entire record of the internet Uh, pre-evil corporation yeah yeah that's right the entire actually say all the films all the paintings all the music everything the The whole internet yeah no no they they did say that yeah Yeah. no it's right there snow he's right yeah it's all there written on this little tiny you know bombs world fraction of a gene or something like that i don't know in other words really great sci-fi stuff here <laughs> yeah and it's and it's in this dna of this bird mm-hmm. and so they've got to get the not bird. a metaphorical bird not a mechanical and, bird no, not a like an a actual bird statue of no it's just it's a bird yeah and they've got to get the bird alive to canada <laughs> yeah so the science for some reason is kept by a boy genius who can quote from any book ever written 13,000 books he has memorized. Yeah, and it doesn't really explain why he's important. Or why we he ends care. up dead. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and nobody really seems to care. But what matters, what matters is not that he has all these books memorized or anybody else has books memorized or are embodying a book, but that this, this bird has to get to the scientists in Canada <laughs> because the scientists in Canada <laughs> are going to be able to replicate that gene yeah, because and, Canada is and then, the good guys, guys. Canada that's right. Canada is the good guys. The scientists who are able to then replicate this gene are going to implant it in all kinds of animals, mm-hmm. not just in birds, so that humanity's knowledge will live on in the animals as they breed and whatever, and it'll always be there, and then it can be extracted oh, later. Just because you come, you're come, you a screenwriter and you come up with an idea after smoking a bunch of pot at 3 a.m. in the morning, you're supposed to throw that idea away and start from scratch the next day, not actually keep it. Anyway, go on, Jake. So, I mean, that's that's it. There's really nothing. The bird's got to get to Canada so the scientists can put these genes in all of the animals. So that's that not a knowledge- subplot. That's the main plot. That's that's, how that's, the, that's the denouement of the movie. That's what is. we're driving Can towards. we get the bird to Canada? Yep. It's like Children of Men, except for instead of a pregnant woman, we're going to replace it with a bird that we have to get to Canada. And the reason they need Guy Montag is because he can get some kind of tracking thing yeah. that he can put on the bird so the bird can be tracked. It's or really corny and dumb. And it all, spoiler, 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 it all leads to uh, the most on-the-nose, ridiculous, symbolically deep moment. They're trapped in a barn. It's burning. It's just Michael Shannon and Michael B. Jordan playing. Jordan is uh, Montag and... Shannon's the evil Shannon's fire Beatty. teach chief guy. And they're in a barn and the barn is burning and everybody important has died but these two guys, there's the bird in the cage and Montag has pulled it out and has it in his hands and he looks up and he sees a hole in the rafters and he's able to release the bird and the bird escapes Beatty's flames and makes it through the little hole in the roof. They all die and the bird goes soaring and we follow the bird soaring across Ireland and across Europe and across the plains of Africa and... (laughs) all over the place and you know the knowledge is free and then it gets caught up in a flock of other birds and really pretty shot of swallows swarming and that's it knowledge is going to spread through the 
Just so long as this bird has other bird babies. Yeah, I don't know how they're ever going to find it, but well, as you pointed out, I think last well, yesterday it'd be wonderful to it. see the he sequel where people it. are just brutally <laughs> <laughs> murdering birds trying yeah. to extract human the right DNA. <laughs> how do we get this out? <laughs> Is that, we know that transponder just fell off, <laughs> or it broke, or something. So <laughs> people are just ripping birds apart. Where's the Mona Lisa? <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Cage is gonna <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> that's the next national treasure <laughs> oh man uh, so yeah was there anything good about this so, so yeah it literally ends with a non-metaphorical scene of him releasing a bird into the sky with it containing all the knowledge and it's so deep and beautiful and I just mm-hmm. wanted to throw up oh man and in doing they lost the only, one of the most deeply moving parts of the book yeah which is the end where everybody has memorized a book you have the nuclear explosion, the town is gone, and they're walking towards the town mm-hmm. to go and put society back together with humanities. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's the a, humanities department of uh, college is walking back yeah. To, <laughs> yeah, to save the day as they would. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but still, it's one of the more it's it's the most effective part of the book and they yeah. just completely lose it in the movie. Yeah, they lose they Mildred lose... who's probably the most effective. She's a cipher of a parable of a you know, but but symbol as, as a symbol, she's quite nice in the book, and they took and her. She out. allows Montag to have something to bounce against, other than Beatty. Yeah, yeah. They take away Beatty's suicidal nature. Mm-hmm. Though, I, I agree. I mean, we men- you mentioned last night that you liked some of the things they did with Be- Beatty's character. Yeah, I thought Michael Shannon did a nice job mm-hmm. in the movie, and they gave him the most interesting material to play. They He's have easily him- the best part of the movie. Yeah. There's a part where he is writing down little sayings, like you get the. I guess paper and pens are illegal too, but he he keeps a secret stash and mm-hmm. at late at little night, tiny he- scraps of paper. Yeah. It's either quotes from books or it's his Just, own little thoughts or and ideas. he writes them he gets drunk and writes them down which is a nice conceit for that character and shannon's good at playing that kind of stuff but but if they wanted to keep that then they should have still kept his suicide yeah exactly yeah it would have been a great thing to build toward what they do is they get rid of montag's family and they make Beatty his family his father figure and they've got these eye drops that keep your memory suppressed oh yeah i must have taken one of those eye drops because i forgot all about that thing yeah so like he's he always having these flashbacks story. to yeah. his dad really on the nose backstory. And he stops taking the eye drops and then he realizes that, oh, his dad had books and mm-hmm. he was killed by the firemen. And by Beatty, Shannon, actually. By Shannon yeah. himself, yeah, by Beatty. They had everything but, there. But they do. have this father-son relationship, Just, Beatty and Montag. and Every point where they could make the story more obvious, more soap opera-ish, more simple and stupid and for children, they did it. It's confounding. Like, what were they thinking when they made this? Well, they weren't thinking. No, I so. guess not. I mean, it's and, not uh, a good Trump meta. You, you know, if you if it was just progressives trying to beat up on the current uh, administration, I could see that. But it doesn't even feel like it does a good job of mm-mm. of that. I mean, there's just not much to it. The biggest stretch the costuming is the fact that, was straight out of um, Moonwalker. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was just a Gestapo chic sort of. If you saw a bad, yeah, it is that exactly. It also look, just looks like a bad adaptation of Shakespeare or something, where yep. it's like it's it's Shakespeare, it's King Lear, but yeah. it's set in futuristic punk, whatever. That that's yeah. the aesthetic of this of this thing. I made the point last night that this felt like a high schooler's attempt to rewrite. Like, so it felt like a bad thesis statement given by a cheesy teacher where mm-hmm. they would ask their students reimagine Fahrenheit 451 in the modern world in some 
high schooler who thinks they're hip yeah. would write this. Because some witless have, high schooler that likes to read Camus, some high school girl. Well, Dostoevsky. Or Dostoevsky. Because that's yeah. the pivotal book of this movie. It, yeah, no, it's not Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's notes, notes from the underground. Yeah, the underground. It with One of the worst movie. books Dostoevsky wrote. Well, even giving them that it's a great book. Let's just assume Notes from Underground is, is great, which I don't think it is. It's existential, but, ex- ex- existential fanboys love yeah. that. But even even assuming there is something you could get out of that book, there's no way that Montag, of all the books that he could read that would mean something to him as a man who's never read a book in his life, Notes from the Underground is not going to be no. a helpful first ever book. You know, But most, if he has his manic pixie dream girl there explaining it to him, maybe it is. Yeah. I didn't like the Clarice <laughs> in the novel. And then they made her, instead of making her into an old-fashioned 1950s manic pixie dream girl, they made her into a new-fashioned 2000s manic pixie yep. dream girl. I mean, it's just really lame. It was bad stuff. They take out the threat of nuclear holocaust, which I pointed out last night, was something that has suddenly become relevant again. Like the novel for years, for decades now, has has felt outdated in that it ends with a big nuclear holocaust, which isn't something we're really scared of. But now, in the last couple of years, we're scared of it again. So they could have kept that. but And maybe they started production before everything got tense with Russia. I don't know. But In North Korea. In North Korea. But still, man. Is there anything you guys liked about this movie? Michael we, Shannon. Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon. What about Michael B. Jordan? Jake, you're a big Michael B. Jordan fan. I am a big Michael B. Jordan fan. I like him a lot. You love Creed. You swear by that movie. I think it's the best Rocky movie. He does a great job in that movie. Um, I think what happened in this movie is what got exposed is that Michael B. Jordan has been in the hands of a really good director Mm -hmm. for the best part of his career or good directors. And they really just lean hard on him to just be charming and charismatic and which he is in spades which he is but they just overplayed it i felt bad for him i felt like he was betrayed by the material Mm -hmm. because he was required to to give more than he could carry and he can carry quite a bit yeah well he didn't actually he didn't actually have a script to work with he had to make these emotional leaps in logic that the script didn't give him so he just had to do it with by emoting through his soulful eyes and it's like what there's very few actors that actually could pull they just kept making him do it over and over again yeah more than he could handle and more than I think is reasonable to ask of of most actors. Yeah, I agree. So it was a waste. It was a wasted. It was a waste. Yep. Yep. But they sure did get some subscriptions out of it. Yep. Yeah. Some canceled subscriptions, I think, in our case, perhaps. But oh uh, yeah, we thought that this looked worthwhile, worth burning a thirty day, and it really even wasn't worth that. Yeah. If you want to do it. The movie doesn't have anything. The two HBOE. I, 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 I wouldn't. I wouldn't say don't watch the movie on moral grounds. If no, about no. That. I'm, I wasn't trying to imply that. I was just implying. You know, for for me, I downloaded the HBO Now app on my Apple TV mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. signed up, and now there's an HBO app on my Apple TV that a kid can actually accidentally click on, and there's all kinds of trash. All right. Well, that's basically what we said yesterday. We said it at greater length, but this is the. Uh, this you know, was succinct. Yeah, probably we, what it was deserved we, we omitted needless words there we go yeah, yeah. this is the eb wide re- eb white review white and strunk would be proud of us anything else we need to say about this turkey no that's the true bird that should be associated with this novel or with this book a turkey mm-hmm. that would have been funny <laughs> um yeah, if it was just some ugly <laughs> a polecat or something anything what would anybody be interested in hearing how they handled they took out the wife they took out the mechanical hound, which Brandon yesterday said he was disappointed by that. Yeah, because you would like to see seen that mechanical. <laughs> and then hound. I made well, fun because... of him and said that if they had actually tried to put a mechanical hound in, then we would have just made fun of them. For we would have made fun of them for it. But my point was that now we have these 
four-legged drones that actually get out there and run and look terrifying. Mm-hmm. They are terrifying looking. And that was the perfect opportunity to have the mechanical <laughs> right. hound. Bradbury actually run. successfully predicted that we have something in that. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's there. It's in the cultural zeitgeist. Zeitgeist. Uh-huh. So and for them not to use it and instead go with a bird, <laughs> it was really strange. Yeah, it was very so. strange. Uh, is there anything else? Uh, Self-immolation scene. That was fine, I guess. I mean, how Most do you mess that up? faithful adaptation. Um, the, uh, book, the TVs in the rooms. They changed that into a whole like Black Mirror-ish takedown of social media, which I thought was pretty hackneyed and lame. And yeah. Actually, the way they punish dissidents is by denying them access to the internet, basically. That's yeah. like people, you get sentenced to five years, 20 years, whatever, without the internet, which you, what a commentary on our addiction to the blah, blah, blah. I hated it just like I hate Black Mirror. Only this was lamer than Black Mirror. This was like a bad episode of Black Mirror. And that's like saying there's a particularly sadistic Nazi or that's something. That's what like I, that. I mean. That's what I thought when I watched it. I no. thought that this could have just been a bad episode of Black Mirror and taken less of my time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's really bad. The books that they chose, I thought were pretty lame. The books that you saw burn, it was always it was always like you always kind of felt the filmmakers' virtue signaling through which books they chose. Which how could they not? But I didn't like the way that they, the virtue that they chose to signal it was things like oh I don't know what. Um, it was the easy stuff. It was the easy stuff. The high school kind of yeah. high schoolers. They idea. did have Borges in there. Yeah, they got some Borges to the lighthouse was in there, whatever that oh, thing's let called. that thing burn. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of stuff that I was like, yeah, go ahead, guys. <laughs> they had Marquez in there. Marquez was yeah. in there. Harry Potty, Potter was in there. Bradbury was in there. Ha, Bradbury ha, was in there. Funny if when they burned the book, if the movie had just stopped. <laughs> yeah, the, the, <laughs> some weird meta. <laughs> yeah, that would have been pretty great. Yeah, <laughs> about five minutes in. Title credits. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, go to patreon.com forward slash the booking to support us. I'm sorry we didn't get to donor shout outs. Hey, guys. Uh, just last week, we announced that the world we made was coming out in uh, June, and we asked people to support that show at uh, patreon.com forward slash out of our minds. And part of our hook was, hey, you know what? The booking makes more money than. Uh, out of Our Minds, the Ministry of Tim Bailey, the World We Made podcast. And we were sort of trying to guilt shame all of those fans into giving. Mm-hmm. And, and they passed us back up. So guys, <laughs> come, on. <laughs> come on. I mean, just between us girls, come on. Who, who, needs, who, who do you really want to see make more money? I mean, I think it was kind of awesome. We were kind of cheering on the inside when the booking overtook Out of Our Minds. And I sure would like to see it happen again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah? Come on. Yeah, it's a good it's a good race. Yeah, so uh, let's let's keep us in the running. Thank you for everyone who supports us. It does really help us get mm-hmm. this work done. We would literally and we need it. We not, need it. Yeah, we we need the money. You guys we, know how encouraging it is t- to see a new donor. Yeah, oh yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's, well, and the other thing is, our our donors are are, are a neat little community of of themselves, and uh, we love sharing stuff behind the scenes with you guys and have been making plans to get you guys more involved Mm -hmm. in decisions that we made. Oh, we came up last night in the episode. It didn't make it. We had a t-shirt idea. Yeah, what was it? Terrifyingly. Terrifyingly right. Yeah, terrifying. The booking, right. terrifyingly right. Oh man, the the genesis of that, I don't even remember. We'll never know. It was but, aw- we thought it was hilarious. It yeah. was because we were talking about our critic. Critic. Yeah, people need to give us reviews. We right. want we want Apple reviews, whatever yeah. those things are. iTunes, yeah. The kids know all about it. Yeah, Get on yeah. there and give us good reviews. Get on your www. Yeah. But the guy who claimed that we didn't know anything about C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. And then he said our host was 
Deeply irritating. Deeply irritating. Granted, all right. He yeah. said that Brandon wasn't a scholar. Yeah, not granted. <laughs> despite, you know, having taught at the university level and, you know, <laughs> all that <laughs> other <laughs> stuff. Who cares about that? <laughs> and then uh, we got C.S. Lewis wrong because we said C.S. Lewis was a little weird on, on homosexuality. And then we ended up looking up uh, the quote in Surprised by Joy, where he... Uh, he says that pederasty was not was far from being the worst thing that was happening at his school. But did, in fact, have a touch of the divine. Yeah, he said it had a, a touch of the divine. So all we remembered was, eh, it's a little weird. It's a little uncomfortable. Then we looked it up and we were like, oh, it's shoot. really, really it's bad. Gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we were talking about, it was you, Brandon, you, yeah. and you were saying every time this happens, we we thought that we were right. And then we get somebody saying that and we think, oh, well, maybe we were wrong after all. And then we look at look it up and realize that we were terrifyingly right. Terrifyingly yeah. right. It's always <laughs> right. worse than we could. Yeah, it's always for. worse. We're actually yeah. always more charitable. Right. Like, wouldn't it be nice to just be wrong about one of these things? <laughs> oh, yeah, C.S. Lewis yeah. was better than we thought he was. Nope. Often when I'm doing research for the show, I imagine I'm standing at like the mouth of this big yawning cavern mm-hmm. and you can feel like the moist, cold air on you. You're like, do I really want to go in there? <laughs> and like, okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Ernest Klein, I'm going to do Anyhow, some spelunking here. If, you're, if you give $25 or more at patreon.com forward slash the bookening, you get to vote on a t-shirt, which you will get and we'll, we'll sell them or whatever, make them available to yeah, everybody. Yeah, sure. But you'll, you'll get to vote, nominate some quotes or nominate something for a t-shirt. Uh, so all our $25 and $50 level supporters. And yeah. there's one. We're nominating it for you. Terrifyingly right. Terrifyingly right. I, T-shirt. The bookening. The terrifyingly booking. right. I think that should be the title of your biography, Brandon. There we go. Terrifyingly, terrifyingly right. right. The Brandon Chastain story. <laughs> Somebody write that. <laughs> I, the greatest value, in my opinion, is still that $50 level. It oh, yeah. sounds like a lot of money. And it is. Yeah. It is a lot of money, but you get a donor shout out. You get the T-shirt. You get input into the T-shirt. And then you get a new book every month right along with with plenty of time to read so we're about to send out King Lear mm-hmm. and we've already ordered Blood Meridian which is after that personalized copies of those in your in your mailbox every yes, month yes very personalized very personalized as personalized as it gets guys uh, we're we're short on time let's 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 do donor shout outs real quick here. let's do it you got your Lily of the Valley Lily of the Valley. Andrew and Esther the Lovebirds. Andrew and Esther the Lovebirds. The Inscrutable Jenny Z. Robert and Rhonda the Lovebirds. Robert and Rhonda the Lovebirds. John and Jill. John and Jill and Little Baby Max. The Lovebirds. Hey, Brandon. Hey, Nathan. Do you have anything that you need to be transported? You mean other than my soul when I read books? (laughs) Yes. Other than that. Yeah. I got quite a few things. Actually, my parents just moved into town. The Lovebirds. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm sure they could have used really high-quality transportation because that U-Haul was expensive mm-hmm. and not that great. Maybe what they should have done is gone to David's Mighty Men. Yeah. Transport for prob- all your transportation They should have done that. The We uh, talked last time about this should be the David's Mighty Men show. Yeah, the David's Mighty Men That'll show. That'll have to be for the next... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, 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 we'll get that. Uh, my beloved mother, Beth. My beloved mother, Beth. My Jane Kennedy, Jane Kennedy, are cold and love cheese. Love cheese. Benity, Benity and Danity. The, the Lovebirds. Nathan, not me. Nathan, not Nathan. Eric and Catherine, the Lovebirds. The Lovebirds. And the little one on the way. And the little one on the way. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yay. Professor X and Mrs. X. Professor and Mrs. X. The Lovebirds. And a big donor shout out. Welcome to. 
Annie Oakley and Jimmy Dean. Annie Oakley and Jimmy Dean. That's hey, nice. Welcome to the family. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't, Annie Oakley and Jimmy Dean. That's just, of course, Jim and Annie. Uh, the, the, uh, I Nick, think it's good. We'll, we'll see how. We'll see whether that nickname sticks. They can join but, the old Texan family here. Yeah, yeah. But 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 Jim and Annie. Thank you. Welcome to the donor shout out. Sorry. I think, I think the contextual Texan from now on needs to be brought by. Annie Oakley and Jimmy Dean. There oh, we go. Yeah. The, oh, I love having segments being sponsored. Brought to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There brought we go. To, yeah. It is Annie the Oakley and Jimmy Dean. Brought to you by Annie Oakley and Jimmy Dean. There you go. Guys, go. Uh, you just, you Jimmy just... Dean is going to, I mean, we could get, I guess, sued for that, right? Oh, yeah. It is a sausage company. Sausage company. It is not the sausage company. <laughs> no. No, it's somebody's name. Yeah, it's Jimmy. Yeah. It's a it's nickname. Jimmy Dean. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy. Jimmy spelled J I. No. James Dean. Yeah. Well, that we could then get sued by the estate of the actor James Dean. We'll just call it Jim Dean. Jim Dean and Annie Oakley. Jim Beam. Jim Beam. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> We're so good at coming up with nicknames. Thank you, Jim and Annie. Welcome to the Patron family. Yeah, We're so happy to have you. Should probably tell them the whole thing. They're not going to hear themselves on the Odyssey. Yeah, 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 yeah. We record these episodes out of order. We've already recorded the next three or four or something like that. So four. Uh, through the end of the Odyssey, you will not hear yourself shouted out because we you weren't a donor when we recorded those so sorry about that but uh you'll be shouted out come whatever comes after the odyssey lear lear no, no, no. the big chill the big, the big chill the big chill <laughs> yeah. the big no sleep <laughs> a movie directed by lawrence kasdan if i'm not mistaken the screenwriter of star wars who this very week we released our review of solo over on sound of sanity you can go listen to that a movie that was surprisingly somewhat enjoyable unless you thought about it at all that's my mini review. Hey, thanks for listening, Brandon. Hey, thanks, Nathan. Thanks for, for hosting. You're welcome. Thanks for interacting, Jake, and saying smart things and stuff. Glad to be here. And you said smart things as well. You didn't just <laughs> listen. Thanks, Nathan. <laughs> you did too. Oh, thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the booking. Goodbye. Until next week. Farewell. Farewell.